Welcome to Hashtags and Stilettos with Sakita Holly, the podcast that's like having your own personal publicist in your pocket, sharing business, lifestyle, and PR tips on demand. My guest for today is Maddie James. Maddie is the editor of the lifestyle blog, Maddieology.com, where she shares snapshots of her amazing style, gives you a sneak peek into her everyday life, and helps you get your business act together with practical, easy-to-apply tips. She is also the host of two podcasts, one naturally called Maddieology, where she gives tips on blogging, branding, and business, and the other, which she co-hosts with her husband called Maddie and Chris. She also recently debuted a daily lifestyle newsletter called Mimosa, which was created for the girl who has champagne taste, but an orange juice budget. Welcome to the show, Maddie. Thanks so much for having me, Sakita. I'm super excited to be here. Your bio could be like the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> like, really like I'm, I'm looking like we could just pack this thing up and get out of here <laughs> because I didn't even get into the accolades really. It's oh my like, gosh. When you're, you're, like, when, what are you saying? I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, I did that? Oh, okay. All right. And I mean, I just listed like a smidge like a, a little bit <laughs> of what you do. And I'm just like, well, there you, ha- there you have it. Thanks for the show. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I, I like to be Goodbye. busy. I like to be busy. Listen, and I, I'm so happy to have you because I want to talk about how we can turn a potential crisis situation or, you know, into a positive outcome or replicate the fight or flight feelings we have in those situations in order to take our business to the next level. And you've been blogging for about six years, six or seven years now. And for much of that time, you also had a full-time job. At some point last year, you announced that you had gotten laid off. Can you take me back to that day? Like, what were your first thoughts? Like, how did you feel? Uh, It was June 3rd, 2015. It was a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. I did not. I will never forget that day Uh, because it was just such a transitional day. But um, and I'm really weird like that. I just like I I always remember numbers and days. I was like saved Mm -hmm. on November 17th. Right. Like random, like stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. this was also another big day. So I remembered the date. And it's funny because I had my I had my first child. I had my daughter um, a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago. And when I became a mom, I really was just like, I actually now want to just work for myself. I want to be able to be available for her. I really want to have the luxury of going on vacation and different things like that. And Mm -hmm. I've been I had wanted to quit my nine to five for about. God, it, it had to have been about 16 to 18 months I had been com- contemplating. It. Wow. And I just really, it was funny because I think sometimes when you ask for something, so what, whatever you believe in, for me it's God, but if you ask the mm-hmm. universe or the, the source energy or whatever have you for something, um, but you might not have the nerve to make that decision yourself, they will put you in a situation that will you know get you the result you've really been desiring. And so mm-hmm. I just really wanted to take my blog to the next level. And so I had really you know created a... I, what I thought was something awesome with Mattyology, and I really believed that I could go full time with it. You know, I had, you know, been working with brands and just really, you know, being strategic about it. And I was just like, I want to quit this job. And I just didn't have the nerve. I just was scared that maybe I would fall flat on my face. And so I got laid off. And it was, it was so random. Like nothing was wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it just was really out of the blue. And they were just like, yeah, we just think it's best if we kind of just let you go when we're going in another direction with the company. And the first thing I felt was relief. 
it was like relief mm. that somebody else had done it and not me. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, when you have to take a Band-Aid off and you're just like, ah, I know I need to take it off for it to heal, but, I, you know, I don't want to be the one to do it. And so somebody else ripped that Band-Aid off. And it was such a, just such a moment of relief. And then I just was like, okay, you know, honestly, like during like the, I guess the exit interview or whatnot, I was just like, hey, you know, are my, you know, unemployment benefits going to be immediate? How long? Because I just like, right. I need some, some like, can y'all cut that check? I need some supplemental coins while I'm getting my life together. And that mm-hmm. was that. And honestly, it was such an, it was such the opposite, I guess, of what people anticipate getting laid off was, you know, um, mm-hmm. I just was really happy. And my husband was kind of everybody, my, my husband, my best friend, everybody was kind of like, congrats, you know, and even, <laughs> even my super traditional West African parents, like my mom was like, well, now you get to really focus on your business. You weren't supposed to be there, you know? So mm. it was great. It was really a positive moment in my life just because of where I had positioned my business. Right. And what's interesting is that obviously you didn't announce what was happening as it was happening. Uh, you did that sometime after, but I noticed something, Maddie. <clears throat> <laughs> I noticed <laughs> that <laughs> around this time, right, shit started to get a little real yeah. over on Maddieology.com. Like, you know, I've been following you for a long time. Content's always been great. You know, picture, everything's been great. Then I started to see a little design tweak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> started out with, you know, a little, little design tweak, not, nothing major, a little tweak. Right. And then the consistency and the frequency of the content increased and also the types of things that you started talking about. Like you just went into overdrive. Like what did you start doing differently in those and how long did it take you to kind of shift into that gear after uh, being laid off in June? Well, it was the top of June. So, I mean, it literally left June wide open for some changes. And um, uh, at the time, it was myself and my operations manager, Chrissy. Um, and we were just like, okay, let's, you know, let's do the things that we've been wanting to do, but just didn't have the time to do. Right. So mm-hmm. I also took this as a responsibility too, cause I was like, well, if God put me in the situation to have this time to run my business, then it's really important that we take advantage of this time and don't waste it. And so I just kind of went into overdrive, you know, and it, you know, in hindsight now I'm like, man, it might've even been slightly overkill, but I guess that's how excited <laughs> I was about being able to just create content. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was doing outfit posts every day and then I was doing podcasts every day for about like three months straight. Like it was just like, I just was going ham and Mm -hmm. because I was just so genuinely excited that Mattyology was my full-time job now, you know? Um, And it, it really was also tweaking my system, right? So I'm a big Mm. person on processes and it really was just like, well, how do we put stuff out every day, but not compromise the quality? Because that was also something that was really important. I just didn't want, I didn't want things to be average just because they were out every single day. Um, Right. So we really had to come up with a system. I had to create content. Um, Pretty much we had gotten both outfit posts and the podcast a week ahead of time, basically. And um, yeah, we just tweaked our system. And I think that that was really, really helpful. But if you don't have a system, if you don't batch process, you will burn out and that's not what you want to do, you know? And for me, I really 
used an editorial calendar. I think as a content creator, you hear the word or the term um, editorial calendar all the time. But, you Mm -hmm. know, if you realistically want to put content out every day, you have to use one. You have to know what you're doing ahead of time because you need to position yourself to create that piece of content, you know, beautifully and, and, and done really, really well. Right. That's a, that's a great uh, piece of advice. And I want to talk about the content that you were putting out. So for the longest time, you know, the style post obviously is the foundation and the staple for the site and we'd get the beauty post as well. But then you started to include more lifestyle and business related posts. Um, even with the podcast, you are now sharing tips and best practices for how to turn a blog into a viable business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what made you, I want to say, what made you go in that direction? But were you already going in that direction before um, everything happened with your job, before going full time with the blog? Yeah, I think once um, 2015 came around, so about a you know a year ago, things really just started taking a turn. Where I mean, I've always loved the idea of being able to work for yourself. So I feel like whether or not blogging became an industry, which I'm so glad it did, but I would have found a way to be an entrepreneur. Maybe it's because I have immigrant parents, you know, so I've mm-hmm. seen the possibilities. Um, I, I just was just like, I really love the idea of working for yourself, you controlling your time, just because you can always get money back. You can't get time back. So for me, being able to right. control my own time was really, has always been really important to me since I've been in my 20, you know, my 20s. So I was just like, okay. I want to start talking about business. That stuff excites me. I read Entrepreneur. I read Inc. And I get it that I'm influential as far as style and beauty is concerned. I love that stuff. You know, I can talk about lipstick for hours. I can talk about hair for days. You know, I love that stuff. But it's also really important to me that people know that if you want to be a full-time blogger, that people shouldn't look at you crazy because this is real. And I wanted to start having a real conversation about that, right? Um, Because I think a lot of people too have maybe the belief that you can only be a full-time blogger if if you're really kind of masking your freelance writing career, right? Which freelance mm. writing is awesome. And and I think that's a great opportunity if you want to start a freelance business where your focus is, you know, writing for a certain niche, awesome. But if you're not a writer, but you just want to be an influencer, you just want to focus on a certain niche, be it hair, be it style, be it beauty, be it business, you absolutely can. And we needed to start having real transparent conversations about that, about what it's going to take to start up, about the amount of work, about the amount of hours you're going to work, about the amount of money you need to be asking for. That was really important Mm -hmm. to me. So I was like, if we're going to talk about business, then let's have a real conversation about it. And so I started talking about that in about, I think I started like really in like February and in March of 2015, but I think okay. by the time April and May rolled around, and I think especially obviously in June, I think I really just you know hit the hit the metal to the pedal for sure. Okay, and talking about blogging as a business, you and I have had several offline conversations about this. For what sure. steps? Because I saw that you have Mediology as an LLC. Like, when did you register your blog as an LLC? And what steps uh, do people need to take to get to that point? Because some people may feel like, okay, well, I just started. You know, I got a blog spot. I'm about to buy my domain. Should I go out and do this now? Like, how can they get 
to that point? Because um, you talked about being taken serious in, in all of that. Of course. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I mean, I've been blogging since 2010, but I, I don't think my Mattyology was an LLC until maybe end of 2011, top of 2012. I definitely, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head the exact date, but I'm definitely, mm-hmm. I definitely know it was around 2012. Like the 2012 mark, I say this because I did not make it an LLC until I started making real money from it. So okay. that's when, because then if if I'm like, if we're going to get into taxes and I'm going to have to, you know, <laughs> you know, get into all of that, I was like, it needs to right. be an LLC. So, I mean, I think for the first two years, I would get maybe $100 here, $250 there, you know, for a post or being a part mm-hmm. of an event or whatnot. And so I would just like, you know kind of just lump that in with my personal, um, my, my personal taxes. But I, in okay. 2012, I really started getting like thousands of dollars and I was like, okay, well, we need to probably put this on the book. So uncle Sam doesn't come for me. <laughs> Listen, because <laughs> <'cause laughs> uncle Listen. Sam and Sally Mae, I'm, I'm a firm you believer know. that they're married and they come to the point. <laughs> What's interesting about them, and we're going to touch on this for two seconds, is that they're the only ones that can get the postal service to work on time. Like, the postal, on like, you, you're going to get your letter. <laughs> you're going to oh, get your letter. And you're going to get that voicemail. They're going to they're gonna come through the TV like the poltergeist. I mean, <laughs> oh, that, we'll, 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 they we'll will find you. I, Listen, that that is the moral of the story. They will find you. But (laughs) talking about the profitability of your blog, like what are, you know, in the beginning, you talked about making a few hundred dollars here and there. What are some really specific things that you did to to start generating more income uh, for your blog? Well, I think realistically, you know, because I hear this from everyone, right? So anybody Mm -hmm. who wants to be a blogger or an influencer, they're like, oh, well, I want to work with brands or I really, you know, and that's, that's usually the number one thing. It's like, how do I work with brands? You know, somebody that's bigger Mm -hmm. than me can help me grow my audience, you know, kind of give me some credibility. Well, realistically, you have to start, you know, one, making yourself a lot more visible. So I started getting, you know, really intentional about my social media, you know, um, also interacting with brands online was super helpful. And then I also just started kind of emailing PR companies and emailing Mm -hmm. brands and kind of, you know, asking them if they work with influencers. If I see that they're working with a favorite blogger of mine or another local influencer, just kind of putting my name in the hat, you know, Um, ask not, have not. So, you know, I really, I think for me, I would, I will say this, uh, it's definitely asking and putting yourself out there. But I do think that my gift was, especially early on, is that I I really, really was good at making myself visible, right? Just okay. being consistent, but then also making sure that my content, you know, that the walk matched the talk, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm a blogger mm-hmm. and I'm a good blogger, but my content speaks for itself. So I don't even need to tell you that. So what was one, what was the turning point in terms of, uh, like, can you think back to a campaign that like netted you your first like four to five figure payoff? Um, I mean, I think for, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I think the really big thing, and if people have been reading Mattyology for a while in 2000, like it was 2012 slash 2013, but the cotton, you know, campaign mm. has been my biggest campaign to date. 
Um, it was it was five figures, um, and it was it was just such an elaborate approach, and it really helped me with my business with how I approach brands too. Just because, okay. um, I mean, it was the first time. Well, it was the first time I have been sent a pitch deck so extensive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just a four or five pager. I mean, we had tens of tens of pages to go through, which was awesome. Um, and so they came to you. Yeah, they came to me. Okay. Um, and I like. Like I said, I, I was really lucky. I think my first like five big kind of partnerships, I was approached. So okay. I was very lucky and I not lucky, but I think, like I said, I had done a really good job with making myself visible, you know? Okay. Um, and yeah, they approached me and um, it was just great. I mean, I was just with, you know, people who I really respected and, you know, just other bloggers and basically, um, with with the cotton thing, it was for their twenty four hour runway show. Um, it was okay. in Miami. It was hosted by um, Juliana and Bill, um, and I was basically representing the Southeast region as like a blog expert kind of stylist. And I was looking okay. for people with the best cotton looks. And it was also the longest um, campaign pitch I had ever had from a brand. It was for six months. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So I mean, they flew us up to New York just to um, you know just to have a meeting with us and have a face to face. You know, they flew us to Miami, of course, for the show. Um, But it was, I mean, it was just a really seamless process. And like I said, it was five figures. I got paid, you know, they broke it up twice. So, I mean, I learned about like your net 30s and your net 60s. But every time I am in a situation, whether it's like huge, like a five-figure brand campaign, or even if it's just like, you know, maybe a low four-figure or even a high three-figure kind of partnership, Mm -hmm. I really pay attention to the steps that brands take. Because if a brand is approaching you like this, then obviously they would like to be approached like this as well. Right. That's that's totally true. So at what point did you start earning more money from blogging than from your previous full-time job? Um, I got to be, to be honest, as far as more, I mean, I definitely had gotten to a point where I was earning enough to cover my bills, but as far okay. as earning more than what I made at my nine to five, it wasn't until I was laid off. Um, and so that's why I, too, you know, cranked it up. Cause I was just like, you know, I just didn't want to be in a situation where I was lacking. And so, right. yeah, I mean, I would say now it hasn't even been a full year. Um, it hasn't even been a full year that I've been away from my, my job. I think it's been about nine months and I'm pretty much a month away from doubling my annual income for my nine to five. Wow. Congratulations on that. And that's amazing. And I want to stay here for a second because even at, you know, I talked to Nicole Kane on a previous podcast and we talk about kind of having this gut feeling or we feel like we want to walk away from something, but we, we don't have the nerve, like you said. Mm-hmm. But looking back, how do you feel that that you are where you are now? And, you know, should you have left sooner or do you feel like, wow, like everything happened the way it was supposed to happen? Like, how do you feel about that, the timing of it all? I personally think the timing is perfect. I don't, you know, I don't regret staying there as long as I did. I think, Mm -hmm. because I think it is also about, um, 
I, I guess I feel 50-50, right? So I think it's about being ready, right? So I think okay. things happen, at, you know, the timing of things happen when you're ready, even if you don't think you are, right? So if you don't feel like you're ready, sometimes you kind of have to be put in a situation to perform and to rise to the occasion. So mm-hmm. I, I think what was happening for me internally was that I was waiting to be comfortable to do this. And it wasn't mm-hmm. something that was going to happen out of comfort, you know? Like, if you want to be comfortable, then you need to be an employee. If you do not... If if you are not into comfort, if you're willing to push through, if you're willing to stretch yourself, if you're willing to work even when other people don't want to, then yeah, entrepreneurship is for you. I think mm-hmm. that I'm really, really glad that things happened the way it happened. But I also feel like if things would have happened a little bit earlier, even just like at that top of the year, I don't know if I would have had the outcome that I have now, you know, just because mm-hmm. I had learned so much in the first six months of last year that everything that I was learning, I didn't even know was preparing me for being let go. Wow. Yeah. And you talked about being comfortable. Would you feel, do you feel like you're comfortable now that you feel like, okay, I've got this, I know how to how to take this to the next level and how to build a sustainable business, or do you kind of still feel like you're figuring it out? No, I'm still figuring it out. You know, my the thing is, is I'm essentially an online influencer and entrepreneur. So if, if you're basically profiting off of online, you're always going to be learning because Mm -hmm. you cannot do what was happening two years ago. You can't even do what was happening a year ago as far as like social media trends and even from online courses, so many different things have changed. So you need to make the appropriate tweaks. You need to be reading all the time. You need to be educating yourself. So yeah, I really just feel like I'm always learning. I'm always uncomfortable. And anytime I get comfortable, I put myself in an uncomfortable situation just because I'm like, uh, if I'm comfortable, then that means I'm not learning enough. That means I'm not getting better. Um, and that's just really how entrepreneurship works, you know, and I, I love it that way. I don't want to be comfortable. That's not what I signed up for. Right. So how can we replicate that that feeling of you know, that fight or flight feeling, because, you know, we can all think about a time when something happened, like you said, and we had to go into overdrive and really rise to the occasion. But if life is just moving along at its regular pace, how can we trick our minds or whatever that thing is and and flip a switch to to really take things to that next level, to, to push ourselves beyond where we currently are? Well, I definitely feel like it has a lot to do with the people that you're around. So um, about three months before I got laid off, my sister, who's also an amazing entrepreneur um, and branding coach, uh, she had moved to Atlanta. So I was able to bounce ideas off of her. And she is just so, I mean, it just blows my mind how much better she gets on a day-to-day basis. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're very vocal about this. We're very competitive. And I think in a healthy way, you know, when she does something, it it really kind of challenges me to, again, kind of just raise the bar and just set a higher standard. So I think for me, I think it was really about kind of just tweaking the people that I was around, uh, change what I was listening to. I really started listening to people like Pat Flynn and Dale Partridge and listening, you know, more to like my leak and just lively. Mm -hmm. And just, I started listening to that kind of content versus just throwing on Apple music or just throwing, you know, just, I just was really changing the kind of stuff that I was putting in myself. Right. So if you want to change the output, you've got to change the input. 
point blank period, okay. right? So, so and, right. a lot more. Okay. And the environment and, you know, bring p- more positive influences sure. around you. Okay, cool. So as we talked about sustaining, you know, where you are in the business and, and you're still figuring it out, I want to talk about like, how can we invest in ourselves and build a team? So as you started to profit, uh, as your profits increased for the blog, what areas did you immediately reinvest some of that money? Well, it was funny. We were, it, I was, you know, noticing too, just like, you know, the trend of online courses and master classes and webinars or whatnot. And I'd come across a business coach and I just really enjoyed them. And I actually ended up, um, I was really, I had really built a solid kind of social media following, but I did not have an email list. And I was like, whoa, mm. it just seems like this is really important. So I had purchased an email list building course. Um, and it was, it was, definitely like five or $600, which was the most I had ever spent on um, investing in myself as far as training myself for anything that I had done online. I mean, mm-hmm. over these years, I really just was kind of learning out of experience. It was like, you know, if it, if it worked great, if I fell flat on my face, I just never did it again, you know? <laughs> so somebody, right. really, you know, really just investing in this. And it was, um, that was probably like the first investment in okay. that. And then to be really frank, I mean, once I started uh, working for myself full time, the investment was really in building my team and really just paying okay. people who were better at, um, better than me at something that I needed. That's where I started really investing. And when should a blogger or a, a digital influencer consider hiring a team to help them run their site? Well, I mean... I think first and foremost, and I talk about this in my Live What You Love course, but I think you really you really just have to kind of sit down and really look at the business plan of your blog and of your or of your business, okay, whatever you want to refer it as. But it really is important. Now, Maddie, hold on. Now, you know they don't got no business plan for their blog. So you got to tell them about that. Yeah. Tell them about that. So I think... I honestly, I think that at the end of the day, if you want to make money from anything, I don't care if you're selling hair, if you're selling nail polish, if you're selling content, which is what I do, you need to have Mm -hmm. some type of business plan for it. I'm not saying that it needs to be what we learned in school. It doesn't need to be 27 pages. It could be just an awesome like two or three pager, but you need to break down everything that you offer, be it for free or for money and how you're going to get your audience there. So for me, it was just kind of like breaking that down and then creating processes behind that. Right. So if I have a, so, and this is stuff that I really had to start looking at once I started working for myself. So it's like, well, if I'm going to offer a $200 course, how am I going to get people there? Right. So, you know, um, I need to make an email, right. Uh, Email course, right. Where they can join for free. And then I can offer it to them after that. Okay. Well, what is this going to look like? Uh, Do I need to, you know, tweet this? Do I need to share this on Instagram? Do I need to pin it? So for me, um, even, even before I was full time, I mean, for me, I just needed somebody to run my operations, right? So I told you guys, the only way you're going to successfully work a nine to five and be a successful digital influencer is if you are running systems, right? So you need to, I always tell people, you need to automate, delegate, and operate, right? Those three things. Automate, 
delegate and operate. operate. Okay, okay. Those are the three most important things in a system as far as a content creator. You need Mm -hmm. those things. Because here's the thing. And it's 2016. If you create content and you're not sharing it on social, do not create content. It's a waste of your time. That's the only Mm -hmm. way people are getting to content nowadays. Think of like the last three. Think about the last five really good posts or online articles you read. You did not get there by just saying, I'm going to ink.com. You got there because... You follow Ink on Twitter and you saw that. You got that because you found that on a pen when you were just scrolling through your boards. Or you got that because you saw your friend say something about it on Facebook. That is the way it works. And that's why you always need to be learning. So I know that my content needs to be shared on social media. But guess what? I had a nine to five. So me sitting here and scheduling tweets wasn't going to work for me. So that's why I brought Mm -hmm. an operations manager in. She originally started as my social media manager. But then I started tying in marketing emails into my, you know, into my business and then we were like Mm -hmm. well it'd be cool to do a style and beauty you know newsletter and so she would schedule things and you know all these different things so my team in the beginning was really just a a photographer and a social media manager but as the business grew um, people's roles grew as well okay and how has business it's probably a no-brainer but how has business improved since you've expanded your team well, just because, you know, I and like I said, automate, delegate, operate. When you are adding people to your team, you're delegating. And I'm everybody that I delegate to is better than me at something that I need from them, right? So okay. I have somebody doing visuals. I understand Photoshop. I can do visuals. I did it for myself for the first five years, you know, or my right. husband did because I'm married to a graphic artist. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, I would say... of the time I was doing my own visuals. But again, that took time. And here's the thing. I'd rather be taking that time to make more money. So I don't have a problem paying somebody, right? So Mm -hmm. bringing somebody on, I mean... I have a personal assistant now who's also my styling assistant. I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear because I have somebody whose job is to just tell me to think about that. Right. Right. Because then I can focus on creating a course that's going to make me $15,000 in the next two weeks. I don't have, you know what I mean? Like those, you know, and then my, my cost though, I mean, in comparison to what my profit is, is totally worth it. Completely worth mm-hmm. it. Same thing with my visuals. You know, now I have somebody who handles all my visuals, what my pins look like, what my newsletters look like, every single thing. We handle that as well. I have somebody who does my operations. My photographer handles every single, pretty much 97% of the pictures you see on anything that's a Mattyology, um, original pin, Instagram, or anything. She took the picture. We literally have days where we just shoot for, we just shoot flat lays. We literally have days where we just shoot for Instagram, and then we have have days where okay. we just shoot outfits. But because I've been able to delegate those things, I've been right. able to think about the things that I do best at a 9-10 level. Because I always, I always say this, I personally believe that you need to delegate the things that you do at a 5-10 level. I mean, a 5-6 okay. level. So out of, out of a scale from 1 to 10, if you do something at a 5-6 to six level, figure out a way to automate it, right? Um, right? Because it probably doesn't need a human touch. That's why you do it average anyway. And then if you do something at a 7 or 8 level, right, but you know somebody could just kind of just tweak it and take it to the next level, delegate that right? Because that means okay. you're okay at it, but somebody, right. that, that means you're average at it, right? Because a seven, eight, it would be like a C, like a C or B in school. So you need to find somebody who's like an A student in that. And then I operate on the stuff that I do at an A level, at a nine, 10. 
So that's the okay. way your systems, and that's even the way you hire as well. So, and here's so, the thing. Anything you okay. do lower than a five, you probably mm-hmm. don't need in your business. That's why you suck at it. You don't need it in your business. Well, well, well. (laughs) Anything that's lower than a five, do not even waste your time to hire somebody because you don't care about, you don't even care about it enough to get better at it. That's why you suck at it, honestly. So staying on the topic of a team, when it comes to digital influencers or bloggers, a lot of what you do is your vision. It's like your baby. So how do you, or how did you, maybe this came natural to you, but it's not going to come natural to everybody. Mm -hmm. How do you get comfortable having bringing other people into that vision and trusting them to do the thing that they're good at right well here's the thing I've I've always you know even when I wasn't doing diddly with Mattyology I've always had an assistant (laughs) I okay I am really really passionate about my ideas so my passion is really contagious so I can usually always find somebody excited enough to work with me or for me whatever have you now my thing too is is Again, I'm a time person, right? So at mm-hmm. the end of the day, me micromanaging you is wasting my time. If I'm bringing you on here, we make an agreement. The first thing we always do is have a conversation about my expectation. Then we okay. have a conversation about what you need out of this position, right? Because those are the conversations you need to be having. Because if you know what they're in it for and they know what you're in it for, then there's right. no trust issue because you've put all of your cards out on the table face up. If you just right. say, hey, come on over here, um, it's going to be $750 a month, this is what I need you to do, and you don't talk to that person, right. you're going to have a trust issue. People only have trust issues with people that they don't have relationships with. That's real. That's, you know that's I mean? very real. So if yep. you go into it, having engagement, right? So we talk, this is a big buzzword right now in 2016. Let's mm-hmm. talk about engagement with your followers and with your <laughs> readers, right? You need to have engagement yep. with your team. You need to have yes. engagement with these PR contacts and these brand contacts. Mm-hmm. That's why you're not moving forward in certain areas in your business as an influencer, because you're not talking to people. Right. So basically, if my assistant grows out of his role, it's my duty to, you know, bring that conversation up and really let him go and, you know, do what he needs to do, fulfill his purpose. Because when he goes on and fulfills his purpose, essentially he's helping me fulfill mine as too. And he is also extending my legacy. So it's really important that, you know, you have conversations with people like, is somebody assisting you because they eventually want to start their own freelance business? Are they Mm -hmm. trying to become an influencer themselves? You know, and I think also having the conversation with people as well, especially before they, you know, come on, will help you see, you know, I guess on the other side, you know, if somebody's really just here to imitate you. Somebody's just really here right. to take, 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 take. Um, and you, you know, and those things are red flags and you definitely want to pay attention to that, but you only yeah, how, learn those things after you, you have a conversation. Yeah. How can you identify those people? Because I think there's a fear among a lot of entrepreneurs that, oh, okay, this person, especially if you're a digital influencer, because, you know, they found you because you're a big deal in a sense, you know, for lack of a better phrasing. So are they coming to just see how you do what you do? How do you know that? Well, my, again, I, I am like a, like an eternal, like optimist. So a lot of times I'm just like, I, 
I don't have trust issues. I don't like, I'm, and I literally have you sign every type of disclosure. Like, so you're <laughs> signing an NDA, you're signing a non-compete, you're signing an employment application. So you can't buy a domain happens, for 12 yeah. years. <laughs> Like you can't, like I have one girl who did intern for me cause she was like, yo, your NDA is a little bit too real. I was like, yeah, girl, I just need to make sure I'm protected. So right. I understand, but you know, and, and honestly, maybe that's why she was there. Maybe she was, you know, mm. she needed to take some, you know, cause that I've, I've had probably over my, the course of my blogging career, I probably had like 20 interns, but okay. that was the only one who has never signed a NDA with me and gone She was it, like, you know? girl, I'm here just to steal. So I can't. She was like, I was here to steal. So maybe this was, maybe <laughs> this, know, this is this is actually out. not going to be a good fit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you know, that so. is hilarious. So that, those are really, really good tips. And I hope that anyone who is listening to this, if you've been hesitant to expand your team, to use Maddie's uh, tips about building a system and having those transparent conversations with people so that you feel more comfortable about delegating, because really that's the only way you can build a sustainable business. Yeah, you can't do it by yourself. I mean, even if it's you and an assistant, you know, that's, that's even more realistic than you doing it by yourself. I understand in the very beginning, of course, because of budget and stuff like that, you figure it out. But if you plan on being a successful business, eventually it has to expand. And, you know, as far as your trust issues, I mean, I would just create the appropriate contracts to help, you know, uh, dispel, protect. Any, yeah, protect you mm-hmm. and then to dispel any of those, you know, truth issues you may have, you know? Okay. Well, let's, let's close out. I want to get, you know, some more of that, those good Maddie gems. Uh, <laughs> so say someone only has $150 a month to invest in their blog. Where should they put that money? Gosh, I mean, I would definitely, gosh, it's so hard because there's so many things you want to cover, but I definitely think buying, um, at this point, uh, investing in automation tools is really, really important. And right okay. now I think there's so many amazing automation tools that will help you, especially because realistically you won't be able to like pay somebody $150 to do something for you, you know, right. as far as like on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. I think that using automation as your team in the beginning is great. You know, use things like buffer, use things like co-schedule, you know, I think those things are really helpful because in the beginning, you might just be able to just do your content and promote it on social until you spin off into other things. So I would invest it, obviously buy your domain. You know, I would pay that $5 a month for, to, for Google apps. So you can have your own domain email. So you're mm-hmm. not maddieology at gmail.com. You're maddie at maddieology.com. And, and then I would invest in co-schedule and things like buffer or whatnot. Those things are like 10, maybe $15 at most a month, really affordable and will be really, really helpful. Take a day, like a Saturday or Sunday, plan out all of your tweets, you know, to promote your blog, plan out all of your pins that you want to promote certain, you know, content and take it from there. I think investing the little that you have in automation will help you with your productivity like tenfold. I love that you said uh, in the beginning, if you only have a small budget, let automation be your team. Let these tools that exist be your team. That's a, that's a a great, great tip. So 
let's see. So if, if people are out there still working a full-time job, what is your best time management tip? And I know you've shared plenty. And I think my favorite is batch scheduling or, or batch creating content. Mm-hmm. But would that be the tip that you would share or, or what type of time management um, tools or, or tips should we be looking at to make the most of each day? Yeah, I mean, batch processing is probably like my favorite time management tip. I mean, I talk about it. Um, I talk about it generally just because it's just it, it. It single-handedly has changed the way I create content and handle my business. Um, and it was because I had to do that when I was working a full-time job because I don't have the luxury of getting up and you know looking at my photographer boyfriend and being like, "Let's take pictures." You know, right. like we can't do that. You know, my husband still works a nine-to-five, and even though I have an amazing photographer, she has other f- clients, so. You just have to be really, really um, aware of your time. One thing I'd like to tell people, though, where, you know, batch processing is great. So if you're not familiar with batch processing, it's pretty much just doing things in bulk. So basically, I shoot five outfit posts in one day, and then I, you know, schedule that content out accordingly. Um, It's now, I don't shoot outfit posts every day anymore. I now do, Mm -hmm. I think, like... I think I do about like eight to 10 and, but we all should, we shoot those all in one day. Cause I'm like, just knock it out and get it out the way. Um... I would definitely say the greatest thing you could do for your time management is one, stay ahead of it. That the only way to manage time is to stay ahead of it. Do not let somebody else tell you. Otherwise they're lying to you. The only (laughs) way to manage time is to stay ahead of it. You cannot be in a tie with time. It will always beat you. So you need to stay ahead of it. The way to stay ahead of time is to get your day in order. And this was really what I did. And this was really why I created the slay your day planner. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it was really because people, uh, always come to me and they're like, how do you manage your time? How do you manage your time? Well, I think what we've learned growing up in school, you know, even things we've learned in college is that we need to have a things to do list and we need to outline, which is great. But an outline is pretty useless if it isn't in order. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, chapter one can't be where chapter seven is and chapter seven can't be where chapter one is. So what do you need to do at what certain parts of the day? So basically, um, I created like in trademark the daily quadrants because I have not seen anybody create a planner like this, but basically AM one is 7am to 9am. What do you need to do before work? You know, as Mm -hmm. far as a content creator or influencer, right? So if you know that you need to get this done in AM one, you know, you need to get it done between seven and nine. If you get something done in AM two, you know, you need to get it done between 9am and noon. You know, Mm -hmm. do you need to take a quick conference call or whatnot? Do you need to check email? I think that's another huge thing. Like we become slaves to email and that's where a lot of our time is going. Only check email twice a day. I'm telling you, it sounds insane until you start doing it and you have your life back. I'm telling you, you're, you're more productive and you end up, people end up emailing you serious stuff It because you need to do it once just to answer all the long emails and then right. another time in the day to answer the short ones. If you're a slave to email, what are you getting done? You know what I mean? I like to check my email at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. So I check it in a.m. 2, which is 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And I check it in a.m. I mean, in p.m. 2, which is at 3 p.m. P.m. 1 for me is uh, 12 to 2. So that's basically lunch. And then usually I like to take my phone calls after lunch. And then p.m. 2 is 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. where I wrap up the day. And so those are the daily quadrants. I, you know, I trademarked it because I was just like, nobody else has done Like, this is kind of like genius. 
genius. And it, it just right. it literally as a new mom, as somebody who was working nine to five, I had, um, you know, an infant. I mean, it changed the way I was getting my work done because I started putting my day in order. And that is honestly, when you are able to put things in order, you can, again, stay on top of it and stay ahead of it. So that, that has been an amazing really, really tip. Helpful. That is an amazing, amazing tip. And just so so you guys know, that Slay Your Day planner is available. (laughs) For sale. <laughs> yes, yes. Let me just do every when, when you listen to this episode, every plug has a price tag, guys. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> It's, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. But I promise you, if you are a content creator, um, it's, I mean, it basically helps you put your day in order and it preps you for everything. So mm-hmm. I'm a slot on there for the meals you're going to eat. What's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Did you get hydrated? Did you drink eight things of water? You know, what is your post today going to be about? What categories, what tags do you need to have on it? What are you even going to wear? You know, and then what things do you need to get done? Who do you need to get in contact with? You know, um, and I, I, when I re, when I created that, I was really just creating like the perfect planner for me. But I was just about all the other content creators who have full-time jobs. And like the the thing too, that's burning us out, you guys, is decision-making, right? So the reason why we'll wake up and by the time we were like the hour before lunch, we're burnt out is because we spent the first part of our day, the first two hours of our day is usually making decisions. Mm -hmm. While you could prep the night before, you could say, okay, this is what I'm going to wear. This is what I'm eating for breakfast. This is what I'm eating for lunch. And this is what I'm eating for dinner. Literally, if you're going to journal, if you're going to pray, if you're going to read, which I like to do in the morning, mm-hmm. I drink coffee first thing in the morning. My cup is in my Keurig. Why would I even waste brain power in the morning to choose right. what cup I'm going to use? Again, so literally, guys, automation. I'm telling you, automation is, I like automation digitally and physically. It is the mm-hmm. greatest tool you can add to your life. I'm telling you, if you're going to journal, which I do my gratefulness journal, which is also in the Slayer Day Planner, I write the three things that I'm grateful for. I start every single morning like this at 5 a.m. Because if you start your day off grateful, that sets the tone of your day. Yes. It's really impossible to have a bad day when you are grateful, you know, but guess what? I literally have the page I'm going to write in open with the pen I'm going to use with the chair. I'm going to sit in all there because guess what? The first four hours of your day should be prepping you for the productivity of your day. Really? And I'm, I will say this, I, and I know this is crazy for everybody. People will feel like they can't do it. I challenge every single person here who is listening to me. If you do not wake up at 5am it doesn't even have to be 5 a.m. It just needs to be sometime before 6 a.m. So it could even be 5.30. But wake up for 5 a.m. every single day this week and see how much more productive you are. And always prep everything. for your morning the day before. It, it literally, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you are training to be a cardiologist. It will mm-hmm. single-handedly change the way you run your life. It just, it's just great. And so I'm all about productivity. So whatever time, the way I manage my time is pretty much the way I manage my productivity. I like to stay ahead of it. I'd like to, basically I'm interested in positioning myself to win. That's basically the whole thing. (laughs) And and I love the, the 5am wake up time thing is big because again, you said 
to get ahead of time. And when you wake up that early while the world is still asleep, you can gather your thoughts and do the little things you can do. So when everybody else starts checking in, you're primed for productivity. I'm telling you, it's, it's huge. And, and, and for anybody who's listening here, who's a parent, that's like your time. Like guys, I'm not waking up at 5am and working. I want to be really clear. I'm journaling. I'm reading a chapter in the current book that I'm reading. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, reading my, favorite articles, whether it's Forbes or Inc., whatever I like to read, I'm mm-hmm. actually taking time for input. That's important. So I'm inputting with God. I'm inputting with myself by talking about what I'm grateful for. And then I'm inputting from the things and the, the people that I respect and influence me. And then by the time 9 a.m. rolls around, right? And so not even that. By the time 7 a.m. rolls around and my baby wakes up, I'm refreshed. I'm excited You're ready. You're ready you know, to go. versus waking <laughs> up. Yeah, I'm ready to go because I've had my caffeine. You know, I'm motivated. I'm I'm grateful, right? Yeah, and I'm ready to go. I can get my husband out the door on time. You know, it you, things don't have to be rushed. You know, right. like stop selling yourself short because you're trying to do things last minute. It's actually hurt, not only hurting your professional life, but it's also hurting your personal life. Right. That that is amazing, and we we can end there. And I just want to know, aside from more greatness, right? What can <laughs> we expect? from Maddie next and the Maddieology brand. What can what are you going to tackle? Any big goals or projects that you're going to tackle in 2016? Yeah, I'm really really excited because um I mean, I just think we're we're really kind of I if you've been reading Maddieology even from last year, I mean, you'll really notice that we have really been taking the content with a more kind of editorial approach, right? I want I don't even want it to feel like a blog. Like when you're looking at photos from Maddieology, I want it to be on the same kind of level as an L magazine or whatever mm-hmm. glossy you read. So, I think we're definitely going to be pushing more in that direction, a lot more um video. Um I just I'm I'm excited, you know, I just signed with Mode Media, so I'm going to be doing video content specific for them, but a lot more video on my YouTube channel. And then um, I'm going to be releasing my like first big physical project. So I have t-shirts and I have mugs, but I have something that um, isn't necessarily labeled Mattyology, but it definitely is an extension of the brand. And um, it's it's kind of groundbreaking and it's, it's literally going to be, it's one of those things where you're like, why hasn't anybody done this? This was needed. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, and I definitely think for my audience, it, it'll definitely serve them. It's going to save them time, which I'm super excited about. And um, that's going to be more of like uh, probably end of quarter two. So definitely in the summer, you guys will see that from me. But um, those are the two big things, just kind of taking Mattyology content to a higher level. Um, And Mimosa, of course, the newsletter um, will probably become a full-fledged site towards the end of the year, but we're still, you know, just growing it as a, as a newsletter. Can you tell them how to find Mimosa? Because it's so amazing. It's so good. So how can they find and subscribe to that? So if you're interested in Mimosa, which is my style newsletter for the girl who has champagne taste on an orange juice budget, you can sign up at mattyology.com slash mimosa, mattyology.com slash mimosa. So you can sign up there. It's absolutely free. It'll literally take you 15 seconds to sign up. So if you're in your cubicle right now, sign up. If you're driving, when you get home, sign up. We'd um, we'd love to have you and create some awesome content for you. Yeah, it's an amazing newsletter, guys. Everything that she she does and touches turns into like pink glitter because that's kind of <laughs> the theme we have on on Mattyology. But thank you again for doing this. It's it's always a pleasure to talk to you and. 
if you guys are just discovering Maddie, get into her life, please. Just get into <laughs> to everything that she's doing. Because like she said, even if you can't meet her personally, just knowing her digitally will make you want to step your game up. So thank you for doing that for all of us, Maddie. Thanks, Akita. I, I, I just respect you so much, and I, I just appreciate um, the content you create. So being a part of your podcast today was um, honestly one of the highlights of my career. So thanks for having me. The whole career, y'all. Y'all heard that, right? <laughs> Her whole career. Okay, we're going we gonna to get out of here. We could do this all day. 